Welcome to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. We are coming to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. You know, if uh, you happen to not be driving through the area, but you still want to catch the program, be sure to look up our podcasts. Uh, you can go to IRLoneStar.com and we keep the shows on a weekly basis. Um, each week on this program, we'll be discussing key topics to empower you to succeed with the job search and your career. In addition, we'll share with you the latest career-related news and jobs data you can use to land a new job and make more money. Our goal with your career is simple. We want to share with you insider secrets and tips you can use whether you're looking for a new job or just want to make more on your existing one. On today's program, we're going to discuss, you know, it's the beginning of the year and, and uh, you know, last program we were talking about goal setting and the importance of goal setting. And uh, I suspect a lot of you in this audience, one of your goals for the new year is you want to improve your career, whether it's uh, getting a new job or maybe getting a promotion in your current company. Uh, I tell you, it can make a world of difference when you absolutely love what you do versus dreading what you do. So our, our goal here is to share with you insider secrets that you can use to help you throughout that process. And uh, before diving in, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Bermont. I'm author of 10 Insider Secrets to Winning Job Search, and I'm also director of sales and marketing for Evolve. So for today's program, uh, with this being the beginning of the new year, uh, like I said, it's, it's important to talk about the do's and don'ts. However, before we do that, though, uh, there's been so much news this week uh, on the job search front. So, so first of all, uh, let's get the bad news out of the way. Um, Walmart. Uh, Walmart announced uh, that they are laying several hundred back office and human resources folks off uh, due to lackluster sales. Um, we're starting to see this negative trend. Last week, we uh, talked about the fact that Macy's was letting go 10,000 people. And uh, apparently Walmart is uh, letting go uh, some folks as well. So um, it appears, uh, you know, I'm not a prognosticator when it comes to the stock market and stuff like that, but it appears that retail sales were not quite what they were expected to be um, based on these layoffs. Uh, continuing on the retail space, this one, this one's a real shocker to me because I, you know, I know my wife over the years has shopped there, um, the Limited. Uh, the Limited has about uh, 250 stores across the country, and they announced this week that they're closing all of their stores. And uh, I guess they're going to strictly go online, and um, they're laying off 4,000 workers. And uh, you know, I'm a big advocate of online shopping and stuff, but you, know, you still need to be able to try the stuff on and everything. It's, uh, it's amazing uh, and sad that uh, they're closing... Um, 250 of their stores. Uh, in addition, Lowe's said it's changing its staffing model um, and it's going to be reducing uh, somewhere around 1% of its employees. Uh, locally here in Texas, uh, CompuCom out of Dallas announced um, that they're moving their headquarters, uh, which I guess that's been known for a little bit of time, but originally they said it wasn't going to impact any local jobs. And um, as it turns out it is. So, uh, Unfortunately, 144 uh, folks in the Dallas area um, are 
are going to be uh, laid off in the near future from CompuCon. So that brings us to the uh, weekly report for jobless claims. You know, and, uh, you know, Mr. Producer, if, you know, have you been hearing the term fake news lately in, in, in uh, you know, the dialogue out there? Yes, I have. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about fake news here. Okay. Because uh, the weekly report was full of it. And, uh, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, those of you that listen to this program know that I get on my soapbox on this. But you're going to be shocked at the differential this week, all right? Okay. So the government proudly announced this week on the weekly unemployment report yesterday that 247,000 people lost their jobs. And that it's a record 92nd week, or no, I'm sorry, 97th week, a record 97th week of unemployment claims being below 300,000 people. So you think, wow, that's great. The economy's flying on all cylinders, right? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. You go to page two of this report, and it has the unadjusted number. So the number that gets reported to the media is what they call the adjusted number. Uh, the unadjusted number, which is the people that actually filed for unemployment, over 409,000 people, almost 410,000 people this week. So the media yesterday is always, you know, if you look at CNBC, they're reporting 149 or 249,000 people lost their jobs, but in reality, over 410,000. 10,000 lost your job. So what you say in reality, uh, the two reports are based off what? Because it sounded like if I file for unemployment, that number was connected to the 400,000. And then the 300,000 came from where? A job reporting it? Like an actual employer? No, believe it or not, it's the exact same number. And, and you're probably thinking, well, how is that possible, right? Yeah. Well, the government adjusts it. Why is it? Why do they adjust it? How do they adjust it? They just say, "Hey, shave off ten percent." Well, they they say, "Well, you've got you got to smooth it out due to seasonal factors and other." Things. Yeah, but that's still not a number of a person because I imagine everyone who files unemployment. That's right. They're counted. That's a in number. That, that's, that's right. A number. You would, and that's exactly my point. You you'd think, look, either you got laid off and filed for unemployment, or you didn't, right? Yeah. Uh, you or know, you just didn't file for unemployment. Right. Or you just didn't file for unemployment, but you know to. You know, to have an adjusted versus an unadjusted In the number. Same report too. That's... It's it's crazy. And you know, normally there's only like a ten thousand person, twenty thousand person variation. But what's you, that variation? Though? I don't really understand that. What uh, do you mean like that's between? Um, you know, so like the like this week they said two hundred forty. The media reported two hundred forty-seven thousand yeah. lost their jobs. You know, and and sometimes in reality, two hundred sixty thousand might have lost their jobs or something. They just didn't uh, get everybody in the uh, well. Survey. The un, the difference between the unadjusted number and the adjusted number. So, uh, but you may recall last week I mentioned that that discrepancy was was right around a hundred thousand people difference because they they kind of pulled this on the last report too. This report was just outrageous. 160,000 person difference between real people who filed for unemployment and what the government was reporting through the media. And yet it's all available to the public on this public report, this un this weekly unemployment report. You know, and I you know, I know now the media's saying, "Oh, I think we need to get rid of this fake news term." Yeah, cuz they're getting caught with the fake news. 
And, uh, you know, and, and the reason why I'm making a big deal out of this is the fact that, you know, when people lose their jobs, a lot of times, you know, you can feel like it's, it's, you know, it's on you, you know, and it's your fault. And, and sometimes it is, but, but a lot of times it's circumstances. And I think it's, it's very damaging when the government is trying to portray that everything's doing really well and people are losing their jobs and, and they're internalizing it, thinking it's them, when in reality it could be that the economy is not doing quite as well as it is. So, and especially when you start trying to tout that, well, you know, under this administration, we've had 97 consecutive weeks of jobless claims under 300,000 people. Well, that's not true. The unemployment report this week is saying flat out, clear out that 409,000 people filed actually filed for unemployment. So uh, uh, I got to get off my soapbox. I think we got to go to break on that one. But we're, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about good news on that one. But I, I had to get on my soapbox on that because uh, it was just such an outrageous number this week. So you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. You got a question? Look us up on Facebook. Facebook slash Your Career, Todd Berman. Lone Star Community Radio is FM. That's right. Set your radio dials and your button presets to Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 coming in June of 2016. To celebrate this edition and the addition of video versions of our talk and music shows on YouTube, cable TV, and Our City TV. We are offering special sponsorships rates, which include free audio spots that are played throughout our broadcast. Interested? Check out our sponsor rates for shows just like the one you're listening to online at IRLoneStar.com sponsor, or call the station at 936-647-5747. Reaching the people of Montgomery County with Montgomery County's community radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Berman. And uh, we've come off our soapbox now. We're ready to focus on some really positive news. And uh, those of you that missed the first part of the program or you've missed previous programs, be sure to check out our podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on uh, SoundCloud and, and certainly IRLoneStar.com. We have a, a Your Career page as well. Uh, we keep all the programs up there, and we are here to help you in your careers and to land a new job. And uh, so let's talk about some really good news this week. Uh, First of all, Amazon. You know, and and I find this really fascinating, too, because uh, the the CEO of Amazon, uh, Jeff uh, Bezos, uh, hopefully I pronounced his name correctly, um, you know, he uh, was kind of an adversary of the uh, president-elect. In fact, uh, his organization, The Washington Post, Uh, did everything they could uh, possibly do to try to keep uh, President-elect Trump from getting elected. And um, so uh, Jeff Bezos made it very clear he was uh, not much of a fan of uh, Donald Trump. Yet it's really interesting that um, uh, Amazon announced this week that 
they're going to create by 2018 over 100,000 jobs in the United States. So uh, that to me is just awesome news. And, you know, you're thinking, well, what kind of jobs is Amazon going to create? Are they going to create jobs like, you know, carrying boxes to the post office? You know, what, what, kind, what kind of jobs can Amazon possibly be creating? But these are going to be full-time full-time with benefits jobs in everything from IT and accounting to logistics to uh, human resources, you name it. So uh, those of you that are in the market looking for a job, regardless of what background that you have, uh, you might want to look at Amazon. And, and, you know, I don't know if you know of anybody that works at Amazon or, you know, one of the things we talk about at this uh program is the importance of networking. And uh, so you should really reach out to your network on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and uh, see if you know somebody who might know somebody uh, who might work at Amazon to where uh, they might be able to use somebody like you. I mean, 100,000 people, that's a lot of people that they're going to be hiring uh, over the next couple of years. So that's, that's really exciting news. Um, in addition, Chrysler Fiat announced earlier this week that it's going to invest over a billion dollars in a, uh, a plant in the United States and create over 2,000 new jobs as well. So uh, that's, that's outstanding news. And then locally here in Texas, uh, you know, th this is really an exciting development. And uh, I love what, what our agriculture uh, commissioner, uh, Sid Miller, is doing because uh, uh, Mr. Miller is going around the globe. In fact, uh, it's it's my understanding he's traveled every continent except Antarctica <laughs> since uh, over the last six months or so, uh, promoting Texas agriculture and, and Texas agriculture products. And um, uh, he just announced a major initiative uh, with Israel, of all places, to where uh, it's, it's a new Texas-Israel trade initiative. And so, so this is exciting because when, when the state of Texas is doing stuff like this, this is helping Texas agriculture and uh, companies that are related and supporting uh, Texas agricultural companies and suppliers. And uh, it's going to help open up new markets uh, for our companies here in Texas. So, um, you know, I'd like to give a positive shout out to our uh, agricultural commissioner, Sid Miller, and say thank you uh, for the really good work that you're doing out there. Uh, now, so, you know, I'd like to talk about some fun uh, news today. Uh, career builder. You know, th those of you um, that uh, may be in the job search uh, mode, um, a lot of you, I'm sure, have heard of the website uh, Career Builder. It's a, it's a great website for um, uh, finding job opportunities. Literally thousands of uh, employers will post opportunities and you can search for jobs on career builder, um, based on the type of, you know, the title you're looking for, uh, the experience, the location, there, there's a lot of different ways you can search for opportunities on career builders. So anyway, career builder, um, comes out with an annual list of the strangest interview and body language mistakes. So, uh, so this is kind of interesting, right? You know, being in the field, I'm always curious what, what hiring managers have to say about some of the crazy stuff um, that they see. Um, there was a really interesting statistic uh, that 
what what Career Builder did was they surveyed uh, twenty six hundred hiring managers and uh, human resources uh, managers. And um, so, Mr. Producer, I have a question for you. Um, they said about half of the employers know if a candidate is a good fit within how long of a period of time? How long does it take, do you think, for a hiring manager or an HR person to uh, make a decision on whether or not they like a candidate? I, you know, it's funny is I, it, it depends on the prep work you can put into a resume or reading. If you have time to read a resume or to do all a little bit of digging. Mm -hmm. But if you're saying in the situation where like we both sit down and I have yeah, like, X amount like, of yeah, minutes to yeah, talk we're, to you. Yeah, exactly. We're in an interview. Oh, um, I would probably know within the first 15 minutes if it's going to, if it's going to, we're going to give it a try in a sense. Okay. I wouldn't say a hundred percent let's go. But, you know, I imagine it's depending on what job you're offering, uh, depending on how much training is involved, you want to give someone a try. Or and, and what are some things that would give you a cue on whether or not you think the person's on the same wavelength? Well, their visual wavelength. representation. Mm -hmm. uh, they look clean cut and things like that. Uh, that I know that they groom themselves uh, and they have the tools to do so. So it's kind of obvious that someone always stinks. That they don't have, a sh have access to a shower. Yep. So that tells you a lot. Or they just don't like showering. Um, and then outside that, I would say it's the way they listen and eye contact is a huge deal when it's a one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, that's something I learned very early on with my dad being a uh, person of like uh, being a lawyer and also being a big debater. He's a huge debater, um, you know, has all these trophies and stuff, and he always talks about the confidences in the eyes. Even if you're listening, you can mm -hmm. you, you can listen to confidence in someone's eyes if you just look at it, especially if they're paying that is, attention. That is fascinating. I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard that phraseology used as far as being able to tell confidence. So, so can you say that again with the confidence in the eyes because that is powerful. That uh, well, it's it's when the conversation is going on between two people, it's continuously going on. It's not one paint one way point of communication. Similar to you know how you mail letters, that's one way. Right, uh, but with a conversation, even if you're listening, you can still display a character of confidence or of gratitude, or and, you know they have so many body language studies and things like that. But it's kind of obvious that if someone's looking at you, yep, they're either paying attention or they're daydreaming. <laughs> but you know it's kind of there's, yeah. there's not too much guessing room because you right. can't tell what they're really thinking. But if I'm looking at you and I'm not blinking a lot and I don't look like I'm yawning or anything, then there's a good chance they're listening, yeah, uh, which is a nice a thing. That's a great point, and uh, th these are, are awesome points. Now I'm going to have to watch myself with the eye contact. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's interesting in the survey, They over half the managers said that they make a decision within five minutes. Five minutes, okay. Five minutes, yeah. And, um, you know, w w which is interesting because in some respects, uh, you know, they say it only takes like seven seconds to make a first impression. You know, so... If, you know, from one respect, five minutes could seem like a long time, um, but certainly compared to your 15 minutes is a really short time. You know, but suffice it to say, though, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize when it comes to the interview process how important that first couple minutes are uh, in the interview. Well, it also, in, in a lot of uh, first-time impressions, it kind of gives you an idea of your success uh, how long can you be successful in the, like in this first five minutes? That almost represents your entire time you're working there. That's right. Uh, will that worker be a good worker? 
not just with the first job, especially with a contract worker, opposed to a full-time employee. Uh, it's it depends on what the job requires and what kind of what are they going to bring to the table in a sense. Because, I mean, contract work that's kind of a little looser on the interview process because yep. you need somebody to fulfill that job. Right. But full-time employee for long term. That's why I think the younger generation, my generation, always only does a job for three years or so or less because they don't really go in with the confidence of wanting to be there. They want to do something else. But as an employer, I want people – I would imagine you want good people working there for a long time. That's right. So, Yeah, no, that's true. That you first know, five minutes is important. Yeah, and it, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting you talk about that as well because, uh, you know, real quickly before we go to break, uh, a little side story. Um uh, my wife, uh, I was talking to her, uh, in the car coming up to the radio station. And, um, we were one of those lucky people that, uh, the sprinkler blew as a result of our, uh, freezing temperatures. Yeah. I forgot to shut off the wireless sprinkler before we hit freezing temperatures a week or so ago down here in Houston, those two days of winter that we get got us. And, uh, so she, uh, had the plumber over today at the house and I guess he had, I don't know if it was an apprentice or an assistant or whatever, but, uh, the, the assistant was a slow walker. Have you ever seen a slow walker? You know, somebody that just, uh, you know, no sense of urgency, just walks slow, you know, and it just, just the way the person walked, you know, led my wife to feel that this, uh, assistant was not at all competent to be able to handle our plumbing work, you know, so it wasn't just the eye contact, but, but, you know, or what the person said or didn't say, but how the person walked. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I know one hiring manager, he, you know, he said he likes, he likes to hire fast walkers because when you're a, a fast walker, it means you're, you're moving and shaking and, and you're going to get things done and, and, uh, you're not going to be a lazy employee. Uh, where uh, slow walkers, um, sometimes, uh, you know, it conveys, you know, conveys the lack of urgency, if you will. So, uh, is that why they work in HR? <laughs> I'm not going to comment no, on I'm that just one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, survey, there, there's so much stuff that this survey talked about that I want to talk about after the break because uh, it identifies, um, uh, uh, five instant deal breakers that can cost you the job. They also have some, some really funny stories and, and, you know, I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview of a couple of these things. Uh, now, now these are some of the craziest real life experiences, uh, that they saw, uh, through the survey. Okay. So one was the, uh, candidate asked where the nearest bar was located at. <laughs> Not quite the best, you know, you know, we teach that it's important to ask open-ended questions on the interview, and certainly that's an open-ended question, but not sure that's the right question to ask on an interview. All right, another question, uh, can, or another circumstance. Candidate asked to step away to call his wife to ask her if the starting salary was enough before he agreed to continue with the interview. <laughs> that's a hot one. That's a, that, that's a hot one. Uh, then, uh, a couple others I'd like to share with you here. Uh, the candidate brought his childhood toys to the interview. I can't believe that actually happened. Do you think that actually happened? I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't put it past people. People are kind of amazing, especially with the, the whole world kind of 
following the hiring firing process because you know Japan's a little different from the United States yep. when it comes to like with the bar thing. Yep. In Japan, bars are very popular in the workplace where people that's what they use to get out and go, and everyone goes, and that's a normal thing. Your boss goes with you to the bar. Well, you know that's a that's a really good point to to make. Is is the, you know I'm glad you brought that up because there are absolutely cultural differences. You know when it you know because we have a lot of folks that are in colleges and universities locally that are from uh, other countries, and it can be very different interviewing with companies based in the U.S. versus uh, companies from other countries. Uh, absolutely. You, you know, you're right. You know, cause it's interesting. Like when you meet with a Japanese company, for instance, you know, and, and for those of you that may have an interview with, with a company here that's based out of Japan, one of the things folks from Japan will do is, is, uh, at the beginning of the meeting, they will, uh, put out the business cards on the table according to rank. And, uh, so that's something that, um, you know, if you're interviewing with a Japanese, uh, company, you want to be respectful. Number one, you want to exchange uh, business cards by holding the business card at the corners. Uh, and then number two, you want to, um, uh, make sure that you understand the rank based on title of the folks that you're interviewing with. And, and you want to make sure that you properly put those business cards in order on the desk of, of rank. Because otherwise, uh, you could offend potentially uh, the the folks that you're interviewing with. So I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because there are a lot of cultural differences when it comes to the interview, even here in the U.S. So, uh, and we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. So right now, you're listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on 104.5 FM in Conroe, 106.1, and worldwide. IRLoneStar.com. Check us out on Facebook slash Your Career Todd Berman. Stay tuned. We got lots more fun stuff out of this Career Builder Report. Want to check out what it's like to be on the radio? Need credit for school? For an internship? Then contact Dick online at dick at Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, and we are here to be part of the community. Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, author of 10 Insider Secrets to Winning Job Search. And welcome to the program. And it is an absolutely gorgeous day here in Conroe, Texas. I tell you, I love these Texas winners. And uh, we we were having a lot of fun bantering back and forth the first uh, half of this program, uh, talking about the the career builder survey that came out today. And uh, again, career for those of you who might have missed the the last segment of the program, uh, career builder, uh, which is an online portal that uh, folks can search for uh, open positions at literally thousands of uh, employees across the country. Um, they release an annual list of strangest interview and body language mistakes. And, uh, you know, we were kind of bantering back and forth on that a little bit. And, and uh, one of the things we were talking about are the fact that there can be cultural differences when it comes to interviewing. And it's true not only uh, if you're interviewing with a foreign-based company in the U.S. or if you're a 
foreign national living in the U.S., interviewing with a U.S. company. But there can be cultural differences even interviewing in a company in Texas uh, or with a company in Texas versus interviewing with a company based out of New York or based out of Chicago. Uh, folks operate at a different pace throughout the country. Uh, folks talk at a different rate. You know, everybody, uh, you know, everybody gives me, uh, you know, some heck when it comes to uh, my accent down here in Texas. You know, and I, I jokingly say, well, I've got that North Texas accent. But I'm a, for those of you who might not know, I'm originally from the Chicago area. Uh, relo- one of those uh, darn Yankees that relocated down here to Texas about uh, four years ago. Uh, but I, I tell you, I absolutely love it here in Texas. There is no better place in the nation to be than Texas. And uh, specifically, I love the Houston area. It is just awesome. But Texas, Texas as a state is just a great place to be. But anyway, I digress. So, so we were talking about some of the crazy things from the uh, Career Builder survey. And uh, I want to share a few more of the crazy things. And then, and then we're also going to talk about uh, body language mannerisms that that they mention uh, in the in the survey, and then finally, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, they came up with five things that were the worst offenses, um, the five instant deal breakers, uh, according to employees. That if you do one of these five things, that there's no way you will get the job. So uh, you're going to have to stay tuned for the whole program to get that, because we're going to cover that towards the end of the program. But for now, let's let's go through some of these other crazy things. All right. Uh, candidate ate pizza he brought with him and didn't offer to share. Well, that's really rude. <laughs> Who would bring a pizza with them on, on the interview? Now I, you know, being from Chicago, I love pizza. I love cooking pizza too. Um, but to bring a pizza with you on the interview, I don't, I don't know about that one. Uh, the candidate asked the interviewer why her Aura didn't like the candy. I'm not sure I understand that one. I'm not even going to. Aura. Aura, huh? Why? Candy asked interviewer why her aura didn't like the interview. Uh, you know what she was saying with yeah, that? Yeah, the aura, some people regard that as kind of like your spirit or around you. Like people have a good or bad aura or a sick aura. All right. Or like their spirit is sick or they're bringing light out because they have an upright aura. That's a spiritual thing. So, uh, so and and so what the candidate's saying here is that she felt that aura of the interviewer and could tell the interviewer didn't like her because of the aura. Yeah. Is, okay. Beginning off a bad vibe, kind of like a vibe. All right, bad vibe. All right. I, I, okay. All right. I wasn't following. All right. I appreciate you clarifying that for me. Um, the candidate invited the interviewer to dinner afterwards. Uh, well, uh, that's an interesting one. Um. You know, if it, it yeah, yeah, it's probably not a good idea as I'm talking out loud here. So candidate stated that, you know, although, uh, you know, I've been on interviews where the company is, you know, the people I've interviewed with have asked me out to dinner that night uh, where, um, you know, I traveled into uh, uh, a company that was based remotely across the country and I was spending the night because the interview spanned over a two-day period. Um so, uh, yeah, I don't know if that one is as bad of an offense, um, but I guess 
I guess some of those HR folks you were talking about, they, they, they took offense to that. I, I guess if it's different sexes, although in today's day and age, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I guess somebody same sex could be offended, be asked out to dinner too, I guess. So we won't, we won't even touch that. I'll get myself into trouble in a heartbeat doing that. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, candidate ate crumbs off the table. Do we think that really happened? That the so the candy ate crumbs off the table. So I get I I suspect this must have been a lunch interview or a mealtime interview. Do we think a candy actually ate the crumbs off the table? I believe it. Unreal, unreal. Let's look at a couple now. Now you know again these are supposedly true stories of stuff that people have done out there based on this. Career Builder Report. So, uh, folks, please listen to this program and please learn what to do and what not to do uh, when it comes to the job interview process. That's why we're here. I don't want to hear of anybody in this audience eating crumbs off the table at a job interview or any time, for that matter. Um, the candidate sang to a song on the radio playing overhead during the interview. That's, that's a good one. Uh, the candidate bragged about the fact that they were in the local newspaper for allegedly stealing a treadmill from an older woman's house. Whew, that's a hot one. And then, uh, then the final one, uh, the candidate put on and put on and took off her sunglasses repeatedly. What, do you think the candidate was hung over or something on that one? Why would somebody want to, number one, wear sunglasses during the interview, and number two, uh, take them on and off repeatedly? That makes no sense as well. So, so anyway, these are supposedly real things that have happened on, on job interviews, according to the most recent uh, career builder survey. So, so we're going to go to a break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the craziest body language mannerisms from the survey because uh, this is, and as I'm looking at these, I, I wouldn't say that these are great. I wouldn't use the term craziest to describe these, but basically what they're saying is um, that body language, you know, and this is so true because we talk about the fact that nonverbal communication is over 90% of the interview. So it's way more important than what you say is, is how you say it and how you look and, and your nonverbal communication. So when we come back on the break, uh, from the break, we're, we're going to cover that. So you are currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1. Stay tuned, and we're going to go through more of this really interesting career builder survey. Lone Star Community Radio is on FM. That's right. Set your radio dials and your button presets to Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 coming in June 2016. To celebrate this edition and the addition of video versions of our talk show and music shows on YouTube and cable TV, we are offering special sponsorship rates, which include free audio spots that are played throughout our broadcasts. Interested? Check out our sponsor rates for shows just like this one you're listening to right now online at IRLoneStar.com sponsor. Or call the station at 936-647-5747. Reaching the people of Montgomery County with Montgomery County's community radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. 
Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. And we are coming to you from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com. And uh, we've been spending a good part of the program today talking about a uh, really fascinating survey that uh, CareerBuilder, for those of you that don't know, CareerBuilder is a uh, online portal that if you're in the job search mode, they list literally thousands of jobs from employers across the country, and you can search for jobs based off a title, based off of where you're looking to work, geography, how many miles away from your home you're willing to work. Uh, it's really a, a very powerful uh, portal to find opportunities. So they released an annual list of strangest interview and body language mistakes, and and uh, right before the break, we were talking about nonverbal communication. And uh, our producer earlier in the program was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, how you can read confidence in, in a person's eyes. And so Career Builder talked about uh, some, well, they term it craziest body language mannerisms, but, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would um, call all these crazy. It's just, you know, stuff you don't want to do. So let's, let's go through it. So first of all, uh, 67% of hiring managers, so out of the 2,600 hiring managers and HR folks that were interviewed, 67% complained about the candidate, and this goes to your point earlier, uh, Mr. Producer, about um, failing to make eye contact. 67% um, stated that one of the biggest challenges is eye contact when it comes to candidates. The second one, and, and uh, you know, this one, you know, sometimes, I, you know, even I can have a little difficulty with, because not every, this is not a natural one for everybody, and that's smiling. 39% um, said failing to smile was one of the worst offenses uh, when it came to the job interview process. So it's, so it's really important, you know, even if, uh, you know, like there's some people out there that they just have that natural smile that, uh, you know, it just seems like it's permanently implanted on their face. And, and, uh, like I've worked out at some of these boot camps and, and stuff and a couple of the trainers, it's like, you always see them smiling. And, uh, so that's a really positive trait. And, uh, so it's important to smile on the interviews, um, playing with something on the table. Uh, 34% of the hiring managers said that they've uh, had candidates that they complain about candidates that play with something on the table during the interview. And I know when I've hired candidates, I've had uh, candidates, uh, you know, when I've been interviewing folks spinning the pen on the table or flipping their cell phone or whatever. And that's really, really annoying because it, 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 it just shows that this is not the kind of caliber person you want to hire. Uh, fidgeting too much in their seats. That was another complaint when it came to uh, folks being interviewed. Crossing their arms over the chest. 32% said that was an issue that hiring managers had with candidates. Um, crossing their arms over the, the chest. So, uh, uh, Mr. Producer, um, when somebody has their arms crossed uh, across their chest, what what, what kind of message does that convey to you uh the reserves or they're hiding something interesting reserved or hiding something uh defensive two totally or defensive now that's three totally different connotations 
Uh, it could also depict that somebody's really kind of torqued, right? You know, you got your arms, you know, or that they're really closed minded, right? You know, that they're not, um, you know, they got their arms closed and, and they are not listening to you no matter what. So, uh, uh, so be sure not to have your arms crossed except for one scenario on the interview. If the person that's interviewing you has his or her arms crossed, that's a problem because that means they're not relating to you. And, and the only way you're going to have a chance in that interview is you have to get them out of that posture. So the only way to do that, little secret, is for you as a candidate to cross your arms as well. But then to slowly drop one arm and then the other arm, and hopefully the interviewer will follow. And a lot of times that nonverbal communication uh, will get the interviewer to follow. Uh, playing with their hair. That's another one that uh, folks had difficulty with. You know, now me, I have next to no hair, so uh, that's I don't have that problem. But um, uh, those of you that have lots of hair, don't play with it on the interview. Um, having a weak handshake, 22% of the hiring managers said that uh, weak handshake was the biggest culprit when it came to uh, body language offenses. And then... Um, 9% said that the uh, handshake was too strong. Uh, so that, you know, so you really want to model yourself after the person's handshake. You know, if, if you're interviewing with a big burly person who's going to give you a solid handshake, make sure you give that person a solid handshake. If you're uh, interviewing with somebody uh, uh, who is, is maybe a, a female, maybe, um, you know, a s smaller person, uh, you know, you don't want to squeeze it, the handshake like it's a vice, you know, and, and look to her for guidance on how strong she shakes your hand for how strong you should shake your hand. And always be respective when the interviewer, when you're a male interviewing uh, with a female, uh, be respective of, of the fact that um, the, the female should lead on the handshake. So uh, we've got a couple minutes left and... Um, so now we're going to go into what are the worst things, you know, I promised earlier in the program that in this career builder report, they talked about the five worst things you can do on the interview. The number one, da, 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 well, actually let's go backwards. Let's, let's start from the bottom. The number five, the candidate appears to have a lack of accountability, you know, and if I'm the hiring manager, I'm putting accountability higher than number five on the list. I mean, if that person appears to have a lack of accountability, I am not hiring that person. I want folks that are going to get the job done, that are going to be accountable for their actions, and uh, that are willing to own up to mistakes. Look, nobody's perfect out there. We all make mistakes, but you have to be accountable uh, for those mistakes and learn from them. And, and move on. Now, the number four um, worst thing to do on the interview is dressing uh, inappropriately. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've mentioned in the past I've taught a, a couple classes at College of the Mainland, and we've done uh, some mock interviews. And it's, it's really interesting because uh, we've had some guys show up to the interviews, and these are mock interviews with real employers. And... They've shown up to the interview wearing jeans with holes in them and, and a T-shirt. You're not going to get, I, I don't, you know, in this case, it was a maintenance and millwright 
program. So I get it. You don't want to wear a suit and tie. Uh, in fact, I have an interesting story on that because in the first class, we did have somebody who um, actually served in the Navy and I very much appreciate his service. And uh, he really wanted to make a good impression on the mock interviews with these employers. So he wore a suit and tie to the millwright maintenance interviews. And a couple of recruiters mentioned that they wouldn't hire him because he looked like he never held a tool because he was too professionally dressed. So it's a balance between dressing too well and dressing not well enough. I always suggest that you want to dress ready for work. So whatever the best dressed person is on the job, performing that job, that's kind of what you want to strive for uh, with the interview. Now, um, the third worst offense was, you know, and this is a bad one. The candidate appears arrogant or entitled. Yeah. That'll anybody that interviews with me that comes across as being arrogant or entitled, they are done within the first 30 seconds of that interview. Uh, the, uh, number two on the list of worst offenses, answering a cell phone or a text during the interview. 64% said that that was the instant deal breaker when it came to interviewing. And, and that's a good point. You know, those of you with cell phones and we all got them now and yeah, I get it. We're in an instant, uh, access society, but when you go on the interview, show the proper respect, turn the cell phone off, put it in your pocket, forget about it. Um, do not, I don't care how important that call is. Do not answer a call or a text during the interview. Now, the number one instant deal breaker, according to Career Builder, on the worst things you can do for the interview, the candidate is caught lying about something on the interview. That is the number one offense. And, you know, as we talk about in this program, you know, my mother, when she was alive, had the best advice in the world. When you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. And that's so important to remember. When you go on the interviews and just, you know, when you conduct yourself in normal day-to-day -day interaction, tell the truth. You know, it's so easy to tell when, when people are lying. Uh, as our producer talked to us about earlier, you can tell just based off of eye contact when, when you are lying. So that was a really fascinating report. That brings us to the end of our program. Check out our podcasts. You can go on to Google and YouTube, Your Career with Todd Bermond, and uh, you'll find our YouTube podcast, our SoundCloud podcast. Also go to IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned because next week we will have more exciting information about the job search process. Hope each and every one of you have a wonderful and successful day. Thanks for checking out this production on Old Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, Internet, and TV media, please call 936-647-5747 or contact us online at IRLoneStar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production. Produced by the show host and Dick Schistler of Lone Star Community Radio. 
Interested in volunteering as a music DJ or starting your own talk show? Yeah, contact Dick Schistler at dick at iArnoldStar.com or by phone at 936-647-5747. 